These signs shall follow them to believe, verse 17, in my name, they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, if everything from before in verse 15 and 16 are true, then everything in verse 17 and 18 are true. I'm sorry, no, I'm thankful that it's not a buffet. I, I want you to hear me. I know I'm largely speaking to people who understand it, but there's many who don't. And even when we understand it, we've got to begin to walk in it. If the fullness of what comes with being a believer is no longer true, then the, then the commission is no longer valid. I'll say it again. Because you're not going to find anybody, well, I shouldn't say that because there's whole denominations that are completely apostatized now. So I'm not going to say that you're not going to find any argument anywhere that, that the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature is still alive and well and, and, and in play today. I don't understand how, how when you get well learned that you get dumb sometimes. But they go, it's all together. It's not a commission without power. And let me tell you something. See, he said, he, he, the, the, the promise in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that he said in Luke was coming, that's when he told us, he said, see, in Mark, he told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But in Luke's account, before he told us to go, he told us to stay. He says, so tarry you into, in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Then Luke is the same writer, by the way. He wrote, he wrote, he wrote the gospel that bears his name, and he wrote the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, first chapter... 1 verse 8 he, he says and uh, he, he begins to tell you that you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem all of Ju uh, Judea Samaria and the other most parts of the world it was about the power the, 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 the power the, the, the primary purpose of the baptism and the Holy Spirit is, to, is the power to reach the world the power to stand against all the assault of the enemy that comes with it. The power to evangelize and teach people about Jesus and bring the gospel to the world when, when, when massive persecution comes against you where people that were cowards now will stand and be willing to give their life if necessary to bring the gospel to the people. And the... the out the, let me say it this way, the outflow of that power, that's why it says it will follow. You hear me? The outflow of the power, these signs shall follow them that believe. It is the result of the power 
to go into all the world. I don't know how we can believe that he would give us the power to evangelize the world in the face of everything that comes against you, but he will strip you of the results. It's, actually, it's not even you. It's him. Because it's in my name you shall. What does that mean? When Jesus said, in my name you shall. Jesus speaking, look at me, listen to it, think about it. He says, in my name, he's the speaker, in my name you shall. Now what does that mean? He is, he is, he's giving you the authority to use his name. Because, see, that's how we approach God. How do you, do you know that that's how you approach God? Sometimes I have to check myself. I, I, I believe God gives us a little grace, and it's not a religious dogma, but I'm going to tell you the proper way to approach God every single time, every single time, is, Father, I am coming to you in the name of Jesus. Because it's the only authority you have to walk boldly into the throne of grace. It is in his name by the authority given you. He said, I, all power in heaven and earth belong to me. He says, I have the keys of the kingdom, Peter, and I'm giving them to you. Keys are authority. Keys are authority. That's what he was talking about. He said, and now he's saying, as he's about to leave, he said, in my name, by the authority of who I am, I am giving you the power to use my authority. Right? Do we all agree? Now I'm going to ask you another. Man, I, I'm just, I think it's just I'm, I'm just simple enough to have to be logical about and, and understand and, and listen to what somebody says. Boy, that's a really lost art anymore. That's, that's lost anymore because words don't mean anything anymore. Oh, come on, somebody. We're always having to guess what they mean because they don't say what they mean or mean what they say. But Jesus means what he says, and he says what he means. And so I got to, I got to have you to understand something. Since, we're, since it's in his name, by his authority, you with me, that these signs will follow, what we're really saying when he says that he doesn't do it anymore is that there's no longer, he, that he no longer has, that he no longer has the authority. Mm. Now, I don't, I don't think, I, I, I think that's pretty simple. I, I, I don't think that, uh, that that's disputable. I, I don't think there's, there's any degree that can argue with me that, the, that, that we can be witnesses unto the whole world because of the power, the authority of his name, and we've been empowered by the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And so, if I'm going in his authority, if we're going to say that there's, no, that there's no longer the power to... to uh, cast out devils, to speak with new tongues, to take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. What you're saying is, is Jesus no longer has the power. Oh, we never thought of that, have we? We're saying, the church world is saying that Jesus' power ended with the, with the apostles. When, when, when their power was given to them by Jesus, not the other way around. 
You must be thinking hard. If there's no power to save, I'm going to tell you there's no great. Uh, Jesus even asked it. He said, do you remember a question he asked one time when the, when the Pharisees were coming against him because he'd had the nerve to heal somebody? You remember? He said, which is harder? Which is harder, Jesus said. Which is the bigger deal? Which, which takes more authority, more power to say, take up your bed and walk or to say your sins be forgiven you? Now, Jesus asked the question, not because he needed information, because he was challenging the ones that was challenging him with something that, that they would have to stand and just look at him. Are you with me? Which is harder? To say be healed or to say your sins be forgiven? Well, the answer that he put flat in front of their face was that he had the authority to forgive their sin. The power to forgive their sin. So you're going to tell me, church, I'm, the reason we're teaching this, the reason we're walking down these things is because we, we have to believe. And we have to know that he's unlimited and that his powers for today and not just for the preacher. These signs shall follow them that believe. That's whoever. That in my name they shall cast out devils. I want, I have got, so I said all that to get to the first thing. Is all through the gospels. All through the epistles. Everywhere the disciples, the apostles, Jesus went. He was met. They were met with demonic possession and oppression. And yet, even the whatever you want to call it, you can call them full gospel, you can call them spirit-filled, you can call them Pentecostal, you can call them charism charismatic, you can, uh, you, whoever you, you find that still believes or claims to believe that God is still everything he ever was and does everything he's ever did, that in those circles today, I'll ask you when the last time you heard anything about dealing with demonic oppression, demonic possession. And it was the first thing, if you will notice, I, I don't believe God speaks randomly. Do you? I often believe uh, that, in fact, most of the time, if not all of the time, because it's it, this Jesus is God, <laughs> because the spirit, uh, the spirit of God, who is God, who is, is who wrote this word, who had it, who, who inspired people to write it. Are you hearing me? That he's not random. That he's not thoughtless. He's purposeful. And I, I happen to believe that he, that if not always, that he speaks in order. And the order is to go into the whole world, preach the gospel to every creature. And he says, and the sign, he said he, he, that he would be, uh, that everyone that believes shall be saved, everyone that believes not shall be damned. Uh, by the way, period. 
He didn't elaborate. All-inclusive statement. Everyone that believes will be saved. Everyone that does not believe will be damned. End of story. It's an awesome mandate. And, and then he said, and, there's that conjunction, that, can, that, that continuing my thought. And the very first thing he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. I think it matters. Now, I guess you get to make up your own mind if I'm crazy or do your own study and get back with me. I guess you get to make up your own mind if, if, it, re- if it was random and, and, and it could have been in any order at all, but I don't think so. I believe Jesus speaks very deliberately, that God lays out order in everything that he does. I mean, if he told priests how, uh, what to wear when they approached the, in the Old Covenant, when they come into the Holy Holies, he told them how to sew their underwear to walk in. He did. Go read it. He told them what color the thread had to be to make, their, to make everything. He told them down to their underwear how that, 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 what, that they wore when they walked in to, to make atonement. So he is that detailed and that in order to approach him. I don't believe he's ever random. You may not like my logic, but I can't help it. So I'm going to ask you again. When's the last time you've even heard anything in any church, anywhere, about dealing with oppression? Good question. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. If they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. By the way, they shall take up serpents. It's not about snake handling churches, just in case you're wondering. Now, last week, I need to put a little video out. What? Last week, we found a little snake over in the church again, down the CE building, just a little one. I ain't even big enough to get hold of you. This little brown snake, no big deal, right? And somebody says, what kind of snake is that? We say, it's a practice snake. <laughs> you know, it's not poisonous. <laughs> some of you, <laughs> some of you, <laughs> some of you will get that later. <laughs> That's why it was in the school. <laughs> we were training. Some of you are like, what in the world are you talking about? Mad Christian Academy. We were raising up little snake handlers. <laughs> Not really, I'm kidding. <laughs> Somebody will make a clip of that and burn us down. Little practice snake. And any, No, that's about like Paul getting bit at, when he was shipwrecked and by a snake that should have killed him. It wasn't about presumption with God and and it wasn't about stupid things like tempting God I mean that's where that scripture would fall you know when 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 the when the when Satan came and tempted Jesus told him to throw himself off the pinnacle and said that 
he quoted a little scripture back to Jesus and said that he, he told you that he gave his angels charge over you and he will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. See, the devil tried a little scripture on Jesus and Jesus turned around and he said, oh yeah, he said, but it says thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. So if you're going to be handling snakes, that falls under that category. But if you're going to be like Paul and then the commission of your mission, you get snake bit, you might be able to shake it off in the fire and walk on. Just thought I'd make that clear. Acts chapter 10. It's when Paul, or when Peter was coming to Cornelius. Remember Cornelius, first Gentile, saved. So really interesting things about Cornelius. We're not going to go too much into him tonight. I've studied him all last week and Brought him up for Sunday school this morning about another subject. But here's the thing about Cornelius. You know, it says he was a devout man, that he was a giver, that he paid alms, that he fasted, that he prayed, that, that he cared about the things of God. And, but you know what Cornelius was? He was lost. Man, I mean, if you read about Cornelius today, he would be the perfect church member. We could, we could, we could, we could accept him into membership. We would be proud of him, and we, we would think everything was well. He was devout. He, he was faithful. He was, he, he was, a, he was a tither. He, he, he was a giver. He, he cared about the things of God. He prayed all the things he was, but he was lost. Peter goes through, and I, I, we, he, he's, he's bringing everything, explaining to the... Cornelius has... Uh, now God is making a way for Cornelius. They've sent for Peter. God's dealt with Peter in advance. Here's the thing about God. He was dealing with Cornelius on one end. He was dealing with Peter on the other end. They haven't met yet. And in between dealing with Cornelius, because he sent an angel to Cornelius and says that your prayers and your alms have come up before the Lord. And he said, and he's going to honor that hunger in your heart because you need salvation. See, it wasn't his devoutness, it wasn't his prayer, it wasn't, his, it wasn't any of those things. It, it, but those things, God saw a hungry heart and made a way for Cornelius to be brought to, to God. And on the other hand, he was dealing with, with, with spirit-empowered Peter that was still hung up in his religious customs about being a Jew and no unclean things. And it really wasn't about the shrimp and the crawfish that God was dealing with, with Peter over. But thank God he dealt with Peter about shrimp and crawfish. Somebody said, praise God. It was, about, it was about the Gentiles. What God has called clean, you can't call common. And that was preparing Peter, because it wasn't even lawful for Peter to walk into the house of Cornelius, much less to sit down with him, much less to, get, to bring the word to him. Oh, Peter would have been in trouble. And in fact, Peter, even though Peter was right with God and God dealt with him and Cornelius, everything worked out great, Peter had to explain himself to the, to, the, to the rest of the apostles in the very next chapter. They called him on the carpet. What's going on? Yes? Just giving you a little background. Now Peter's came and he began to deal with Cornelius uh, that God has sent him there and he begins, to, he, he begins to share what has happened and he begins to share the way it rode of salvation. And he begins to talk about Jesus. Listen to me, I've got to hurry. I'm always having to hurry. You ever notice that? It said, if Peter opened his mouth in verse 34 and said, of the truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Now this is specific, specific 
to, uh, to Acts chapter 10 because he's talking about when he made this statement that, that God's going to pour out his spirit and everything on the Gentiles too, not just the Jews. So he was saying that, that, that God has dealt with Peter. Peter is saying God's dealt with me that, that the, the, the dietary laws are off the table and the dietary laws were always a reflection of the Jewish nation and the, and the heathen nations. And now he's saying he's cleansed them all. And he said, in light of that, I have to say, I perceive of the Holy Spirit that God is no respecter of persons. Praise God. And by the way, that's, that's the specific context, but it is actually a huge, open, all-inclusive statement. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. I, I, I think that means, I need you to understand, that if he, if he moved in power in the book of Acts for the, for the apostles, oh, y'all ain't hearing it. It's going to click here in just a second. If he moved for the apostles in power, if he's no respecter of persons, then he'll move for you in power. Continue. It says, but in every nation that fears him. Oh, there's that every word. In every nation. See, nations are not about land in the Bible. When God is dealing, now he, he dealt with land, he, he dealt with land. He told you from this border to this border. From the Euphrates to the Mediterranean. Real estate, that's real estate. But when he's talking about nations, in the context of the, of the power of the Spirit and the salvation, it go into every, all the world. He's, of course, he's not talking about the globe. He's not talking about the oceans and the mountain ranges. He's talking about the people. Remember when, it, when, when John the Baptist announced him, what did he say? Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. And it wasn't about the real estate. I perceive that God is no respecter of persons and in every nation that he that fears him and works righteousness and is accepted with him, the word which God has sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all, that word I say you know, which is published throughout all of Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached, listen, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good Healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now, I don't know if you've connected the dots yet. It's really not dots. It's straight lines from here to here. What does that matter? Well, that's Jesus, you're saying. This... this you got to understand that what Jesus has said in his commission is in my name you shall and what he is telling you is that everything that when the word became flesh that God laid on me I'm laying on you y'all don't believe it 
everything. See, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, you know, is when Jesus announced to everybody who he was. He, he took the scroll of Isaiah and read about himself. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me. Yes, remember? And he began to tell all about what the, this is the same writers, I might as well read it. Luke chapter 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty to them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's what Jesus, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth to do. And now Paul, Peter is saying of Jesus, he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who, now by the way, what did God anoint Jesus with? The Holy Ghost and with power. Somebody say the Holy Ghost and with power. The Holy Ghost, come on, the Holy Ghost and with power. Now I'm going to ask you, Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has came upon you. Jesus of Nazareth, whom God has anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Peter is bringing it to that. I mean, somebody just called the preacher to come over because the guy needed to get saved. And Peter comes and unloads a masterpiece sermon. How God, he said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons and that to every nation that will believe him. Then it says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healed all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. <laughs> and we are all witnesses of these things which he both did in the land of the Jews and in the Jerusalem whom they slew and hung on the tree and him God raised on the third day and made a show of him openly and I'm going to just skip down it says and while Peter spoke these words it's one of my favorite lines in all of the Bible I actually personally believe that this is the altar call model of the book of Acts and I am praying for the day that we see it again. See it again. I'm not against any way it ha that anybody does it if it works. But I'm going to tell you, the book of Acts model is whenever the, the word was preached in such convincing power, it says that while Peter yet spake that the Holy Ghost fell on them and they all were baptized and they all began to magnify God and then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that they should be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? Amen. I am making the case one more time that God is screaming from his word to his church to believe him again that you shall receive power. That you shall 
that you're not inferior to the Apostle Peter, that you're not inferior to Paul, that you're not inferior to John, that the same Holy Ghost that anointed them will anoint you, that will move in Acts uh, power and mag church and, and your home and your place of business if we will believe him. It says that these signs will follow them that believe and it's time that we took him at his word and we got excited about the power that was in him and they come with such anointing that while you yet speak that the Holy Ghost will fall. Now I got some things to say because I built all of this just to talk about when's the last time you heard anybody. The first thing is in my name, you shall cast out devils. And then Peter turns around to the house of Cornelius. When it, it must be important because a Gentile that's never heard a thing, he, be, he, he said there's no respect of persons to every nation that believes. It said how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healed all that were oppressed of the devil. Now I see something there. I don't know if you've seen it yet. But I'm going to tell you that whenever, that whenever the master of the wind walks in, that whenever, the, whenever, that whenever the Son of God comes in and, and full of the power of the Holy Ghost who is God, that all the devils have to shake, they all have to stand at attention, they all come under his authority, and that we should stop playing tiddlywinks, and we, we should come against the powers of hell that have, if, let me tell you, they haven't left, and they haven't quit, and they're not off duty, they, they're not believing the theologians that says there's nothing supernatural today. I'm gonna tell you, this generation doesn't believe you when they say there's no supernatural today. It's why they're chasing, it's, it's why they're in fantasy worlds online, it's why they're going to every uh, supernatural type movie that comes out. It's why they're in every video game that, that portrays the, all the supernatural powers of hell. And that this generation's not afraid of the supernatural. What is wrong is the church is, is afraid to stand up and say, there's a supernatural realm that will deliver you from the powers of darkness from that junk. It's time that we come back and started dealing with the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is sin. The root of the problem is they're oppressed of the devil. The root of the problem is that we're not only we're not kicking demon spirits out of our house, we're inviting them in. We're leaving the door open as wide as we can get it. And then the church people will look at you and say, Oh, Pastor, it's not really that big a deal. I don't really want to go back to all that stuff about monitoring what we watch and what we do and where we go and all that, le all that legalistic stuff. And none of it has anything to do with legalism. It has to do with the powers of hell walking into your house, for God's sake. How long? In the assemblies of God and in MAG and everywhere else is the church going to refuse to deal with the generation that, that, that hell is, is, open, is open wide and that we're welcoming them and applauding them and being entertained by it. How long? How long are we going to quit medicating and it and start saying, in the name of Jesus, come out of them? How long? How long? 
How long? How long? But the first thing that has to happen is that the, the, the people have got to preach the truth so strong. I'm going to tell you, I heard, it was John Kilpatrick, I'll tell you who it was. He said something, I just heard a little clip of him the other day, and you know, sometimes he leaves me scratching my head, but other times I've, I've seen him do great things, and I don't have to understand everything, I really don't. And he said something that blew my mind, so I'm just going to tell you. He said, we, we're pretty good at, at bringing people to the, to the place that, uh, that they know about sin. And, they, and they, he, he said, we, we give them enough gospel to know that they're in sin and they're, and they're afraid of sin. He said, but we, don't give en- but we don't preach with enough power to lay the ax to the root. We, we, now, we, we, we bring people in and bring, and bring them to the knowledge of sin maybe and talk about and maybe, maybe, get, a, maybe get some emotional things going on but, the, but, but, they leave, but they end up leaving with it or, and leaving feeling pretty good about it. How long, church? How long? He said, you're talking about being crazy. I, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about getting to, a, a, to a t- such an intimate place with God that, they're, that, the, that the Spirit of God is so strong in you that, that the demons have to recognize you like they did Jesus and that they have to go when you say go. And by the way, if you are foolish enough to believe that the demon, demonic activity is only in Africa and India and South America, see, the difference is is there it manifests openly and they, and they cast it out. The difference is, is here that, 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 we, that we have them repeat a prayer, give them a card, put them on the roll, and, and convince them that, that they'll be okay. Sometimes you just got to do that. He's still very real. The enemy's still greatly at work. Can I ask a question? It's just us. I might even cut this part out of the live stream later, but probably not. Can I ask you a question? Seriously. I'll even, I'll even make it not rhetorical. I'll even want to hear from you. I hope people know that I'm not angry at the church, the, the church, the church. But I, 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 I am angry at what our institutions have become. I'm not preaching from anger. I'm not, and I, I am in no way bitter, none whatsoever, not in any way, shape, form at all. I, I sleep well. I laugh, cut up, have a good time all week. I'll walk off this stage and, and I'll, I'll preach hell hot, heaven sweet, sin bad. <laughs> you got to get it out of your life. Talk about the things you can't do and you come, in, you come see me because you failed and I'm going to wrap my arms around you, tell you to get up, tell you that, God, that, tell you that you have an advocate, He'll tell you that he'll wash you clean, tell you not to, not, to be, not to beat yourself up or not let anybody else beat you up, to get up and walk in the forgiveness that God gives, get it out of your life. Get it out of your life. You've got to deal with it. But I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad at the church at all. I am mad at, our, at the leadership of the church. 
I am mad at the institutions that we have become. I am tired of, of, them, of them rebuking people like me and others that will dare say, stop it. I am tired of seeing generations lost because what, that, we sit, that, they're, that they're entertained by stuff that calls itself Christian and because they're popular, because they have a few good songs, because, or because they become a, a, a big celebrity speaker somewhere, but they're, but, they're, but, they're, but they're not preaching anything close to the Word or, or, or you've got, you got them with their, with their applauding and, and, and uh, BLM and you've got them uh, coming out against uh, uh, the reversing Roe versus Wade and stuff like this, and then and then we put them in our platforms. We 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 forum them in our big conventions. We endorse them when they come to town and when they they make an open display of, pro, of the profane that we rebuke anybody that stands up against them as if it's legalism. I'm going to tell you, church, I'm tired of it. And Ezekiel said in this 44th chapter, God was speaking, and he said, I'm a raise, he was talking about the priesthood. He said, I will raise up a people that will teach my people the difference between the profane and the holy. There is a difference between what is holy and what is profane. And I don't care how popular they are, how gifted they are, how talented they are, or how much we like their music, how much we like their, their, their stage presence if it's a preacher. I, I don't care how many times they've been elected to an office in a, in a, in, in a denomination. That it's the only way that the, that the, that the generation is going to be saved from the demonic, the only way that hands are going to be laid on the sick and they shall recover, the only way that the power is going to return to the church is whenever the church returns to the Word and whenever we're willing to, we're willing to stand for what's right and, we, and rebuke what's wrong, that's the only way it's going to happen. And I'm telling you that, we're, uh, that we are in a world that as people be, draw closer to God and they, and they begin to get hungry and thirst after righteousness and as power returns to his people in his church that I'm going to tell you when, when the power of the spirit returns to the church you're going to see the, de the demonic oppression come towards it you're going to see the demonic possession manifest before your eyes and there's going to have to be a church that, uh, that is prayed up, powered up and prepared to deal with it and you know I'm going to tell you something, it won't take three hours to pull a demon out of somebody because whenever you're, you're when you, you don't have to argue with them, I don't, you know what, Jesus asked their name with legion but that's the only time I've ever seen it again, I don't even have to know their name, just get out and by the way when you get out, get out I'm convinced I've seen things, and uh, listen to me people well, uh, I don't even know Greg Locke, so I don't know if he's crazy or if he's not. Sometimes, I think he seems a little crazy sometimes. But I also seen him taken out of context many times when, you know, if you deal with some things, people will say, well, he's saying that everybody that has a, has a mental disorder or whatever is demon-possessed. No, I'm not. But I'm going to tell you that a lot of them are. I'm going to tell you that there, you can, there is not, it's not explainable other than a spiritual condition why our children by 20, 30, and 40 times in the last 10 years are afflicted with, with all kinds of conditions that you only seen here and there 20 years ago. And now it's every other child that walks in the door. I'm not wrong. And we're going to, throw, we're going to try to medicate it rather than get in the presence of the Lord. And, and by the way, whether it's an infirmity or where, whether it's oppressed to the devil, it says he healed. But I want you to notice language. It said he healed 
all that were oppressed of the devil. I want to tell you, sickness doesn't come from God. Sickness doesn't come from God. I understand the fallen world. I understand that the penalty of sin. I understand that, that until the rapture comes, that, that, that death is 100% from everybody. But, the, but that came from sin, not from God. God didn't create it. And we got to quit accepting it and just saying, we'll pray for you. I know you got it ready. I heard it behind you. It's still up. They're proud of it. it it's still up, right? Obviously. Heather made a comment on, under their thing, and they were deleting everybody that had anything to say about it and promoting everybody that said, oh, how free and how wonderful and how... I want you to pay close attention. This is Maverick. Well, actually, I'll just tell you who that is specifically. That's Kirk Franklin singing with Maverick City. That's who that is. And this was... Uh, uh, and, uh, an afterglow at an arena concert, uh, I think that's what they call it. And by the way, I, just, I get mad over every little thing because parents don't even know what they're talking about. Hashtag mood. I'm going to tell you something. If you do a little research, young people, you think we're dumb. Well, most of us are. I'm going to tell you where that hashtag mood came from. It found, it found its beginnings and its popularity and its... And its, and its uh, going across the society of social media, it came from pornography is where it came from. So we got Maverick City, hashtag mood, and, and, talking, and, and, and talking about their, their, their liberty of worship here. So, uh, and it's going to just, I want you to, uh, it really shouldn't even be shown in church, I really. You're not going to think it's that big a deal, but, I'm, but whenever you realize, whenever you realize this is being done in the name of Jesus, yeah, well, it's just that legalistic preacher. Go ahead. Go ahead and show it. Stop it. I want to tell you that this row don't think anything about it. I doubt it because we're so used to it. And that's what the society is inundated with, and I understand it. But I'm going to tell you, you're not going to, God is not going to put up with you platforming it and calling it worship. I'm going to tell you, he's not going to put up with you, with you grabbing your crotch, shaking everything you got, and in the name of Jesus, whoop, whoop. It's not going to happen. And it's high time that somebody somewhere with more voice than I got said something. And it's high time this church was willing to tell this people, Jason and Kat, I, I'm, it's not a challenge because I know it. 
Don't be afraid to tell them. Don't be afraid to tell them. Don't be afraid to call it out everywhere you see it because I'm going to tell you something, church. It's pathetic. And that's not just a little off base. It's profane. And, 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 and what makes it profane besides the obvious, besides the obvious, is that's being done and held up as holy worship before a holy God. And I'm going to tell you something. He's not going to stand for it. And I don't care who likes it. Let him call me. Let them, let them say we don't want to come to your youth meetings. Let them say that we don't are going to invite you to our ministers' meetings. Let them say it. I don't care. Because somebody, I, I'm going to tell you, if that's the standard for, for, for holy worship and that we allow in our churches, that God has, you will not find the Spirit of God within 20 miles of it. He's not going to deal with it. Oh, he's going to deal with it, but he's not going to put up with it. There is no respect, no fear. In fact, it's flagrantly put in their fist in the face of God. And by the way, they're being made millionaires by people that claim to be Christians, filling arenas by the hundreds of thousands. A whole generation that thinks it's okay. And I'm going to tell you, what we need to understand is everything is spiritual. And I'm going to tell you, it's either holy spiritual or it's from the pit of hell. And there's no two ways. There's nothing in between. We have got to get to the place. I'm not talking about going around angry all the time. I'm talking, well, there's things you ought to be angry about. Because I'm going to tell you that right there would call, if this was, if this was, if Jesus walked in the flesh today, this would be stand in the corner and fashion a whip. I'm going to tell you that is what would cause him in his house to fashion a whip and go into beating people and running them out. That. And it's enough. We've coddled it. We've tried to dance around it. We've tried to be gentle with it to our young people, to my family, to other preachers. I am trying to set my life and set the table at Mag Church where people that are looking for the real power of God for a real holy God to do real miracles for people to get truly free can walk into a clean sepulcher. A clean house. Sepulchers are for dead people. We don't need any more dead people. Can walk into a clean house. I heard about that church that somebody died and then they hauled out three people before they found the right one. That's not right. Church, God wants his church back. And I volunteer. I think I told a few a couple weeks ago. Now, I, sometimes I hesitate to say things like this because people get all goofy on you. Or they'll send you a text and want to know, who is it? Who is it?
the day is coming at Mag Church when there will be such power in the building that the demons that have sat on the pew will manifest. You, you don't think that there's any demonic activity around you. You don't think anybody's oppressed of the devil, much less possessed of the devil. They're here. It was so strong about three weeks ago. See somebody else say, who was it? About three weeks ago, there was such a strong that I almost stopped and dealt with it. In the name of Jesus, right there, right then, in the middle of a sermon, the Holy Spirit checked me and said, not yet, I'll let you know. You'll know. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because that means that there'll be a place where people can get free. God has all kinds of ways of getting addiction out of people's life. All kinds of ways of getting oppression out of people's life. But, chief, but I think he's had to come up with a lot of cheap substitutes whenever it could be just people operating in the authority of the power of the name of Jesus and saying, come out. Come out. Be free. Be healed. That's what I see in the book. That's what I see in the book. Now, I, I, I could be known for being straight and controversial if I need to be in order for it to be known to be, to be a place where the power of God flows and lives are set free and de demons have to flee and healing has to come. Oppression has to get out. I can, I can deal with the reputation if we have the reputation. 